2: ultimately i'm gonna keep saying it get one percent better every day just get a little bit better every day
1: hey Stephen holder here with zach Kiefer. we're back it's another episode of one percent better and we've got a big game this week colts getting ready to host the baltimore ravens uh, we've got a little covid action going on as well but everybody seems to be on schedule to play on Sunday, uh, you know, there's always that sort of cloud hanging over us, but uh, right. so far so good for the most part. Uh, this is a big game, Zach. I, I tell you, I, I actually filed a story just a little bit ago previewing this game, and it kind of got me excited for the game. You know, thinking about this matchup, uh, it, does it feel like a big game? Do you think it's a big game?
3: Yeah, it feels to me like the first big game of the season. And I know it's November and it's been a while, but it really does feel like the the best test the Colts are going to face. And I feel like the outcome could be the most meaningful. I feel like if they get mm-hmm. this done, and, and as the days go on this week, I felt more and more confident about a Colts pick. And right. I know that might sound crazy. The, the Ravens are really good on both sides of the ball, but... When you look at this closely, I feel like the Colts are the pick. And I do feel like if they get this done on Sunday, um, they're going to start to turn some heads around the league. They're going to start to get some attention. It's not going to be, oh, well, they're just beating up on a bad schedule. It's going to be they're 6-2 and two, and they're playing some pretty good football and the defense is for real. Long way to go before we yeah. get there, but that's where I'm at as I look at this one on paper
1: yeah well, hold that thought we'll get to our predictions here at the end and we I will give you that chance to go on record <laughs> as we know we we all love to do uh, let's set this up though uh, no less an authority than Darius Leonard we talked to him today and he's always got gold I think when talking about you know putting things in perspective and what it means and, and getting some juice going I mean I'm not taking any snaps on Sunday, but he can get your juice going yep. just from listening to him. So let's hear what Darius had to say about this matchup, especially taking on Baltimore Ravens uh, MV- defending MVP, uh, Lamar Jackson.
2: Um, I just, I just think so. Um, just me wanting to do um, as much as I need to do to help this team win, you know, because, um, you know, it doesn't really matter if I, you know, show out and then, you know, you lose a ball game, but I just want to do everything in my will to, help this team win. And, yes, you know, with the big stage, big team, you know, that just gives you that extra drive and say, okay, you know what? It's your time to prove that you belong, and it's your time to prove that you can play against anyone. So, you know, just for all the doubters and everything, you know, that's, these the games that yeah, you, you really want to step up. It's just about, like, me facing every linebacker that was drafted before me. You know, you want to outplay them guys. So I want to go out there and outplay their offense. Um, just so I can say, you know what, I stepped up to the challenge. I took the challenge, and you know I succeeded because I'm a competitor. I love to win. I love to compete. And this game right here is going to be one of the biggest competitive games, as not just you know in the run game, but actually you know um, facing a guy like Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, and I think Zach, that really sort of crystallizes the test. I mean, this is a Baltimore team. Let's let's talk about them just for a moment here. They are, even though Lamar Jackson maybe isn't coming off his greatest performance against Pittsburgh, uh, right. this is a 5-2 and two Ravens team. They've only lost two games. They've lost to Kansas City and Pittsburgh. They're the two freaking best teams in the NFL probably right now. Right. So, I mean, this is as tough as it gets. Uh, what do you think of Pittsburgh? Uh, excuse me, what do you think of Baltimore? Uh, are, are they even better than their 5-2 and two record, or, or is that a little bit of a misnomer when you look at Baltimore?
3: I think they're I think they're ripe for beating. I really do think mm. they're susceptible. And and look, I know that the standard is really high when you're 5 and 2 and it feels like the world is collapsing, right? Cuz they're not. They're still a good football team. They have a mm. really good defense. The Colts are going to see a defense that looks a lot like their own on Sunday. And the Ravens are going to be out, you know, they're going to be out their starting corner in Humphrey and that's going to hurt and we'll see if the other guys can play. We'll get to that. But I want to focus on Lamar and kind of what Darius said and look, I mean, He's great. He's the reigning MVP for a reason, but he's beatable. He was 13-28 to 28 against the Steelers, and he accounted for four turnovers. And if you go back to the Chiefs game, he was he was awful, objectively awful. He threw for 97 passing yards on 28 attempts. Um, every time he plays an elite defense, it seems like he struggles. And I like the Colts for a couple of reasons here. What do we know they do every week? They do this really since 2018 when Matt Eberflus stepped in. They stopped the run and Colts fans probably take that for granted, but I'm buying this run defense and you heard Darius talk about it and you've seen what Buckner's done and you've seen I mean, they had five sacks on Sunday and that impacts the running game as well. They're really, really good gap disciplined football team and Tyquan Lewis is stepping up and Danico Autry is stepping up and Bobby Okereke just keeps making plays sideline to sideline. So he's quietly like, becoming one of their best defensive players, by the way. Yeah. Like really quietly. Um, this is a terrific defense, and, and that matters against a team that's going to be without their left tackle, which hurts a lot. Colts fans know how much that hurts when you don't have your starting left tackle. And and I just think the Colts match up pretty well against a Ravens team that's really good. And And if you're going to make Lamar beat you through the air with downfield, deep, accurate passes, I like their chances. I like their secondary as well.
1: Well, you're, you're reading my mind because that's what I had actually – Set up to tackle next. I actually think this is a perfect matchup for the Colts. And not just on defense. I think offensively and defensively, they have, there are reasons to feel this is a very good matchup for them. Now, I'm not discounting the Baltimore defense. Let me be very, very clear. Yeah. But I do think this is a team, the Colts, that can attack it. And let me tell you why. I actually did, I ran some numbers before we hit the record button here. What does Baltimore do on defense more than anything? They blitz. They bring pressure. I believe they're number one in the NFL in blitz rate. I believe you're right. Yes. So, therefore, that got me thinking. How does Phillip Rivers perform against the blitz? Well, first of all, you know he's not going to be phased. I knew that much, but I didn't know the actual numbers, and I just crunched the numbers. Do you want to know what the numbers are? The numbers, (laughs) I won't wait for an answer because I know you want to know. The answer, 30 for 43, 378 yards, it's 70% passing, by the way. Six plays of 20-plus or more. And a quarterback rating of 127.9. Oh, and four touchdowns. I was That's say, Phillip Rivers.
3: That's when you blitz him. That's what he does to you. I don't have the numbers. You have the numbers, but I have what I've seen. And I can think of so many times where the teams they're playing have brought the house and they blitz Philip Rivers, and he's really good against the blitz. And I think that stood out. To me this season, I think it stood out to a lot of the fans out there watching. He's really good at knowing where to go to the foot, going to go with the football against the Blitz. Think about the Naheem Hines touchdown, right? The little drop-off. They brought the house, he lofted it over, and Naheem did the rest. But that's how you beat the Blitz. You find the hole, you get rid of the ball quickly, and then you take advantage of the mismatch you have, right? The advantage you have in numbers. And um that's gonna be interesting to see how Baltimore does it this week and how many blitzes they dial up. How much you know Philip Rivers is able to read that, but if it continues to go the way it's going, that's an advantage for the Colts. And whether they have Ty Hilton or not, they're going to have capable pass catchers out there at the tight end spot, the receiver spot, and the running back spot. And um, better believe Frank Reich will have his offense ready.
1: Yeah, and I think you just hit on something that is that has been very evident. They really do, or Philip Rivers, I should say, really does have an ability to to find. Where the blitz weakens the defense, like he watched. There have been so many times this year where I I have seen him throw the ball exactly where the blitzing defender vacated that exact mm-hmm. zone. He has just a really unique ability to to process that quickly and get the ball there. Now he doesn't have the ability to escape the blitz. Okay, <laughs> that no. we know. Not, but e- not that's, even close. Right? Like forget it. Like none. But but where he really does have. Uh, some advantage, and what's kept him alive all these years uh, under distress is, is knowing how to get out of those situations by throwing the ball to the right place. And and now, I see him doing it more efficiently, too. Uh, he's not doing it by taking risk or or making bad decisions and, and things of that nature. He's doing it pretty efficiently. I just told you, 70% passing. You know, I didn't... I gotta run the interceptions. I, I didn't get that number, but I don't think there were many. And so... That tells you he's making great decisions. I mean, the passer rating alone should tell you there weren't a lot of interceptions, right? 127. So he's making great decisions in those situations and getting the ball to the right guy. I I want to touch on something else you just said and and get you to elaborate on this. Phillip Rivers has also done a spectacular job of getting everybody involved as a receiver. I mean, what we saw last it's, week was it's masterful. Been startling. Yeah. And so we talked to T.Y. Hilton today, and I asked him about that because, I mean, and I know he would never give me a snarky answer. (laughs) I knew he would say the right thing, but I almost, like, really bought it. And I said, T.Y., you know, this is new. Like, we're used to seeing the ball get forced to you, like, nine times a game, and they were successful in doing it, right? But this is very, very different. And as you're sitting in the meeting room with the Baltimore Ravens this week, I mean, who are you really... Going out there trying to really stop. I don't know that answer. Do you buy that this is the way to go?
3: Well, we asked Frank Reich this. Would you rather have a dominant receiver that you know can get you what you need every game? A Julio Jones, whatever. Or would you rather have a plethora of guys you can go to? And he didn't really hesitate. He said, look, I want options. I want a menu of options. And go back to the days when the Colts had these big games against the Patriots. How did the Patriots always beat them? By taking T. Y. Hilton out of the game. Like by clockwork. erasing him from the game. How do you beat the Colts now? Who do you take away? Take away T. Y. They'll go to Burton. They'll go to Pascal. They'll go to Johnson. They'll go to Naheem Hines, who had a huge day Sunday against the Lions. Right. If and you take Pittman away hasn't Naheem, even woken up yet. You you're know? gonna have Jordan Wilkins. And I still think Jonathan Taylor has a bounce back day, if not this Sunday, pretty soon, as his load gets lessened by the ascension of Jordan Wilkins and you see the steady progress from marcus johnson we've talked about that zach Pascal, a second on the team in receiving yards has been quietly efficient uh, i still think ty will have good days down the line whether he plays sunday we'll see um but the tight ends are a huge part as well jack doyle two weeks in a row with a touchdown trey burton two weeks in a row with a rushing touchdown i think that's the first time since like 1968 a tight end has had rushing touchdowns of back-to-back weeks so frank wright Kind of flexing his muscle there and then don't forget about moelly cox who's coming back and has been a huge guy in the offense so i can't tell you how many guys they can go to because there's so many different guys you said 11 guys caught passes last week last week if you're the ravens who do you stop and how do you stop everybody and if rivers is dealing the ball like he is consistently throughout the field um, it's a tough offense to stop it might not be an offense that puts up 40 points every game. But they're going to move the ball, and they're going to keep you—they're going to keep you guessing, which is what Frank Reich has always wanted to do as a play caller.
1: Yeah, you know, I always—I use a lot of basketball analogies. Maybe it's because that's the sport I should be covering. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> but but this this really does remind me of like when you've got a great a great point guard, and you've got also a coach who knows how to, how to put personnel groups together and put units together. It's really hard to defend, right? Because. In ba- think about it from, bas- from the basketball standpoint, right? If you're, got, if you're a team that's built around a couple scorers, number one, if they have an off night, you're in trouble. Number two, if the defense figures out how to stop them, you're in trouble, <laughs> okay? And now somebody's got to make shots, right? right? That's how that goes. This is not that, okay? This is the opposite of that. And then the injuries too, right? When T.Y. has gotten hurt over the years, it has been absolutely disastrous for the Colts. TY is hurt right now and everybody's kind of shrugging about it. <laughs> so Isn't that strange? It is
3: weird, right? But it's it's accurate, it's an accurate reaction. He he didn't do anything against the Lions and they won handily. They won by 20 points and he wasn't a factor in the game at all and I don't think it changes the Ravens' game plan all that much. Of course you no. want to have TY in the field, but it's a new reality for this Colts team.
1: Yeah. He does have a chance to play. It sounds like I thought he was particularly optimistic today, it, but it did sound we'll see. like
3: he was a lot closer than maybe it seemed yesterday. Yeah, we'll see.
1: Now, they they had a positive COVID test today. Uh it's it's a staff member. I presume a coach, but I'm not entirely certain. We I won't speculate. But the point is, the reason I bring that up is they can still practice, but uh, because of the limitations on practice, Frank Reich decided to scale it back to a walkthrough. So my point is, T.Y.'s health really won't really come through in terms of the injury report today because they won't really have a full practice. So we won't get an indicator on that. But my point is, whether or not he plays, goes going back to the point you just made, whether or not he plays, I think last week demonstrated it's not really a make or break for this team. So it doesn't mean, you know, He's not a factor. It just means he's not his his absence is not going to be the the determining factor in whether they win or lose. So, uh, I talked about the the Colts being or this game the opponent here the Ravens being a perfect matchup. Now we just talked about why it's a perfect matchup on offense, but I also think and you already alluded to this. I also think defensively this is a really good matchup and they match up really well. Uh, I I think what do we know about the Colts defense, Zach? We know a couple things. You said this earlier. They they stop the run and they do that very well. But what else do they do? They are really good at running to the ball. Yes, and, and that, they, that jumps out
3: to you, right? I mean, it really—it's rarely does stand a one-on-one
1: tackle, right? It's rarely right. a one-on-one tackle, and you play a guy who has this sort of skill level, Lamar Jackson. I don't care what kind of game he's coming off of. He's always going to find a way to make a play. So my point is containment is so important with this guy. Well, I can't think of a better unit in terms of its personnel to do what you have to do to stop Lamar Jackson. I just think they're perfect for this.
3: Didn't you think it was interesting this week what we heard from Justin Houston? And and Justin's been great this year in terms of um, his interviews with us. He's been revealing and insightful and, um, you know, 10-year vet. He's seen every quarterback in the league, and he said – Look with a guy like Lamar who he called the fastest quarterback. He's ever played against in his career And he, he did not hesitate <laughs> and when he was asked about it He said have you ever seen him like he was like Dead certain that this is the fastest QB he's ever faced and he said look you gotta you cannot play scared against this guy You can respect his game, but you cannot play with fear and I asked him for details on and he said look you know, in the past, when I've had a mobile quarterback I'm going against, I'll try and keep him in the pocket. I probably won't go for the sack because if I miss the sack, then he gets out of the pocket and he's gone. He said, no, you got to go. You got to go and you can't play containment football and you can't sit back and try to be safe. So I think that'll be an important element to this game. And you're watching the Colts defense who came off five sacks last week, right? Autry had two, Lewis had two, Buckner had a, Relatively quiet game, which he hasn't had very many of those as a Colt. So you got to think he does some stuff this week Especially from that interior three tech position Um, And then you've got Houston on the edge who and this is such a valuable thing to have is a veteran pass rusher with experience against these types of quarterbacks, you know, look Going back to the second level of the defense with Darius. I mean think about what are the what are the attributes that jump out about Darius Leonard and Bobby Okereke for me, it's speed they're fast they're really fast linebackers. They were drafted for games like this. Chris Ballard, when he built this 4-3 defense, he saw the quarterbacks they were going to face in the years to come. Lamar. Uh, before we get to Lamar, let's go to Deshaun Watson in the division. Right? They're going to play him for 10 years. He's really hard to bring down. He's really hard to chase down. Go get a really fast linebacker that can do it. Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes had one of his worst days as a pro last year against this Colts defense. Part of that is because so much speed is on the other side of the ball. And I think Lamar Jackson, although they didn't know this when they built this defense, is another example. He might be the fastest of all. He probably is. But there, if there's a defense out there that's built to combat the type of speed that Jackson has, it's probably the Colts. Their defi- defensive line is, is very, very good and very sound. And behind them are some of the fastest linebackers in football. So on paper, to me... It feels like the Colts are a really good matchup and we're going to see why Darius Leonard and why Bobby Okereke are so valuable because they're going to be really fast and they can chase down Jackson as well as anybody can probably chase down Jackson.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I, As you said, they didn't know, they didn't necessarily anticipate Lamar Jackson being what he is. I don't think anybody knew did, right? No. Well, he wasn't even in the league when Chris Ballard got here, right? right. And when he decided this is the scheme he wanted to run. But that being said... What they did anticipate, and Chris Ballard has told me this before, what they did anticipate is the league is changing, and they have yes. always felt that way, and and that what they're doing on defense was always in part linked to that expectation. And here is a great example. Now they got to go do it. I'm not s- promising you anything, but I'm just saying on paper, as you said, here is a great example of that philosophy paying great dividends. You know, so team building, it gets interesting, and I know we're getting off the subject a little, but it's relevant, right? Team building is is about, you know, finding good players and all those things, sure. But depending on your situation, your division, or whatever your situation is, it's also about beating the teams on your schedule, okay? And understanding who you're facing. And and I think there was an expectation that the league is going to continue to go this way. I mean, you watch college football, then you know what you're dealing with, right? So uh, kudos to them. I, again, I don't know how much of it was intentional and how much of it it was just it worked out this way, but but there was some actual, uh, actual thought given to that, that this is something that we need to be built for, and they are, so I give them a lot of credit.
3: Let me ask you this. When your schedule came out and... May or June or wherever it came out, this is probably one of the games you circled, right? Especially for the home oh, schedule. No question. I mean, this is no question. Best against, you know the best in the AFC, at least the best you'll see on your schedule. You think they're ready for this? You think they're ready for a game against one of the best teams in the league? Because to be honest, six games in, seven games in, we haven't seen them play one of the top five or six or seven teams in the league. And we just don't well, know yet. And we're going to yeah. find out Sunday, which I think is exciting. I,
1: I think, are they ready? I, I think that answer will be determined, but I, I think they need this. Yeah, you know they need this. I, I think we need to see it and they need to do it and prove it and be tested. Uh, and you know, maybe it doesn't work out in the end but but I think it'll give them a good sense of where they stand and and sometimes that's healthy. you know I really feel like sometimes knowing where you stand is better than than thinking, you're further along than you are. <laughs> because then you can do something about it. You can fix it. You can react. You can adapt. You can do all those things, right? Uh, and I think the other thing is I'm glad this game, for them, I'm sure they're glad this game is coming now. If this game would have been week two or three, I don't think I'd like their chances. But I think that's but a good they story. have they have evolved. They have really, I think, steadily improved. I mean, they've had their hiccups, granted. But I think this team right now, is significantly better than the team we saw week one. I feel it is. It just feels better. It feels like a better football team. I feel like they're do, better do you at,
3: agree? in every area except for one, the run game. I'm just not buying it <laughs> okay. with Marlon Mack. And, and, I'm and we be know dead, why. Dead right. But, no, I right. think you're totally right. I think they're feeling good about themselves in all three phases. And, and when you're as good as the Colts are, they're not elite, they're good, you have to be good at all three phases because you're going to have to complement each side of the ball, special teams, offense, getting much better with the pass, getting hot with the pass the last couple weeks. We've seen Rivers play like he needs to play, and the defense has been steady. And it's going to be fun to watch them go against the Ravens. And I think this 10-day stretch, or actually, what, five, six-day stretch, right? You've got the Ravens on Sunday and the Titans on Thursday. And we're going to see how they stack up against both teams. And um, it it feels so much different. And it's probably a good thing, like you said, that this game comes now because – You're five and two, you were five and two last year. We've talked about that. And you got humbled last year. You thought you were a good team. You thought you were a playoff team and you weren't. And your flaws were exposed. And if those flaws still exist, they're gonna be exposed Sunday against the Ravens. And it's gonna be some humble pie if you're not ready for this game. So there's not gonna be any more pretend football. There's not gonna be any more easy wins over the Bengals when you spot them a 21 point lead. So. It's going to get real starting on Sunday, and I think it's a good time. And I think the Colts, having been through that last year and having the humility that comes with it, are going to have uh, a different mindset going into this one. And, and even Chris Bauer talked about that. Like I think he said, we kind of got you know a little bit uh, you know, intoxicated by the idea of 5-2, and two, and then we thought we mm. were a little bit better than we were. I don't think the Colts think they're any better than they are right now. And Sunday will be the ultimate verdict of how they fare against one of the better teams in football.
0: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: I think that it's going to be revealing for some individual players too, this game. For the the team and for some individual players, right? So Philip Rivers being first on that list. Yeah. He has had some some pretty strong performances of late. I uh, think you know you look at the Cincinnati game, you look at the Detroit game, you're like, okay, you know what, you'll take that 10 times out of 10 from your starting quarterback. I think if you want to play devil's advocate, you could make the argument, well, it's the Bengals and the Lions, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and those teams have flaws. You That's can't a make that argument every fair- Sunday, though. Right. So here is an opportunity, right? Go out there and do it against the freaking Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, and then you know what you can say how you like me now, right? I mean, not that. Well, Rivers might actually say
3: something. Yeah, like Frank Reich say, would not say that, but <laughs> Philip Rivers absolutely would say that, and I, I hope was he does. Say he
1: probably wouldn't, but he actually would. <laughs> so I think that's a great opportunity, and you know he's going to embrace it. You know, I mean, he loves these big games. He's played in a ton of them over the years. Probably not enough of them in recent years. You yeah. know, I mean, it's been a couple years since Phillip Rivers played in a big game. Uh, goes back to 2018 in the playoffs. So, he probably has missed this honestly. And then there's our friend Darius. <laughs> I think this is a great opportunity for him. You know, I just you'll see a story Friday morning on the Athletic about this where I think this is this is how you make your name in the NFL. This is how great players make their name. Right. They do it in in these games that are nationally televised or against marquee opponents. That's how you make your name, you know. And sometimes you're playing in the AFC South, and no one really knows who you are. And yeah. They they've heard about you. They watch the box scores, but they don't really know. And they, this is a chance. This is an opportunity for Darius Leonard. And and you can't tell me he doesn't care. We know he cares. Okay. <laughs> okay. He cares.
3: Darius Leonard and cannot the, tell a lie. It's not in he his can't. bones. And he's amped he can't. for this one. We got the sense on the call today. And, and like you mentioned. Look, this is a team that has no nationally televised games this year besides next Thursday against Tennessee. Every team has to have one. The Colts got the bare minimum. This is a team that did not enter the, le- the year with a lot of respect around the league in terms of signature stars, Quentin, Darius being the few. Um, this is how you do it. If you're Darius Leonard, you're totally right. This is how you do it. You do it against a guy like Lamar Jackson on Sunday. You do it against the Titans on Thursday Night Football next week. And then you do it. Against the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers. N- the go- you know That's that's, that's the <laughs> yeah. stretch. I mean, if Derek wants to cement himself as one of the best players in football, I think he's one of the best defensive players in football right now, but that's because I watch yeah. him every week. Um, this is the chance. This is the time to do it. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch because he is ready to go.
1: Yeah, I think if nothing else, look, I don't know how this game is going to go, but I think it's going to be fun. And I-, I do trust them to at least do that, to make this thing – fun, and certainly competitive. They, they don't strike me as a team that's that anybody's going to be blowing out this year. Uh, I think they're going to be in competitive games, and, and if Rivers keeps doing what he's doing, it's going to be hard to to really have one-sided games against this team, because he's going to keep them in these games, and, mm-hmm. and the defense is producing. So, I don't see... Look, I could always eat my words. That's totally possible, but they don't strike me as I said, a team that if they play at least half decent, they have enough talent and they do enough things really well that you're not going to be able to just have your way it just that just doesn't make any sense to me so i i expect a competitive game and i think it you know it's a toss-up it's a it's a flip them type game flip a coin type of game which brings me to zach prediction we we sometimes forget to do this and that's bad on us but uh yeah we need to make a prediction um i can go first or you can go first but um thoughts
3: i've got the what do you want I've got okay. the Colts by five to seven. Uh, I think they play much better at home. I know there's no fans this year, or there's very minimal fans, and that's not a huge impact. But it just seems to me like they've played really good at home. Besides one quarter against the Bengals, and yeah. I three like, and at home this year. Yeah, and and they've won convincingly in my mind, at least in those three. And and like for everything I said earlier on the podcast, like I like the defense. I like Leonard against Jackson. I think Rivers will continue to do enough to to keep the passing game going. And I just think the Colts are um, complete enough to get this done at home right now. And I think the Ravens, without Humphrey and without Stanley, and with a lot up in the air on defense with those close contacts, I mean, that's that's tough Mm -hmm. to have guys play on Sunday who haven't practiced all week. And I know the Colts are dealing with their own situation, but um, the Ravens, it's a tough week for them. And, And they might, you know, the Colts might be getting them at the right time. So I got the Colts by almost a touchdown this week
1: interesting so I think Vegas says two and a half for the Ravens uh, so they're they're favored uh, by two and a half I I actually agree with just about everything you said there I I think the Colts are coming into this at the right time they are a team that's improving as I said I think every week we see a little more from this team and they're starting to hit their stride I think that matters if they continue to ascend like that, they're going to be a team that's going to be playing on the level of teams like the Baltimore Ravens if they continue. I mean, they, that's got to continue. They're not there yet. But they're on their way if this keeps up. So I, I'm going to give them some benefit of the doubt. I think the Ravens are a really good road team. So that's something to consider. But I think the strengths in this game match up. And I'm going to go with the team that's hot and the team that's at home. And that's the Colts. So I'm picking the Colts. I'm going to say... Uh, 27 24 let me to tough close game it may not even be that high scoring honestly because neither of these teams give up a ton of points but um but i think it'll be close i think it's a field goal kind of game so and by the way uh specs <laughs> every point's gonna count in this one so that kicking operation has got to get it together so just a little parting note there to keep in mind so yeah that's what we got uh it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it and uh I think this is definitely going to be must-see TV. It has the potential to be, at least. So I would certainly uh, carve out some time Sunday afternoon to get this one in. So uh, that's it for us. We'll be back uh, wrapping up the game afterwards. So stay tuned for that in our next episode. And we'll definitely have a lot to say about it one way or the other. So I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Keeper and this is
3: 1% Better.